Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Traveling Shit Podcast. I am your host, T. Carrie, and here on Traveling Shit, we have more of an experiential conversation as to um, what was learned, what was experienced, what was felt through travel, as opposed to a um, review of places. Because, um, hey, Brooklyn Pisces, because nobody really wants to hear about that time you went to Minnesota. Unless, of course, you know, that's your friend, so call your friend, but not here. So, the kid did a thing. I finally launched a um, solo travel course. Apparently, reuse content, right? So, if you yourself are looking to plan your first solo trip, head over to uh, travelandshippodcast.com. Go to shop and download your free copy. It's for the free, um, no charge, just because why the fuck not, right? Be useful to the people. If you yourself aren't in the market for needing help uh, putting together and coordinating a solo trip, let a nigga know. Tell your friends and shit. Uh, What else? New merch, added stuff, because I was feeling super productive yesterday. Yesterday was really a great fucking day, y'all. Birthday weekend ended out swelly. Thank you for all of you guys for um, the birthday love, the birthday wishes. I um, This was probably the best year. I really do think like this was like the best birthday I had in a long time. Like uh, Considering there wasn't the opportunity or comfort to do um, like a large gathering of friends or family and things. I felt so much love in like repetitive small doses that I feel like that translated better for me um, in terms of just being a really uh, good year. So I'm hoping that all of that great positive love and energy translates into the podcast for the year. Um, There's merch, com. do that um socials instagrams it's all in the links and descriptions because at this point i'm tired of hearing myself talk about it so hate the long intros jumping in this week i have a guest welcome back to the guest so well not welcome back just welcome back in sense to having a guest and it not being me alone right so guest welcome to travel and ship podcast please introduce yourself Thank you for having me. First and foremost, though, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I love birthdays. Birthdays are many personal holidays. So I'm all for being, I'm Leo. So the sense of attention in small doses works for me. You are my zodiac opposite. I'm an Aquarius. So when is that? Uh, I know it's water. January, February. So like late, I'm January 23rd. Okay. Yeah. So like late January to like mid February. is Aquarius, but we are literally zodiac opposites, complementary. Okay. Um, Welcome. Yes, thank you. My name is Vaughn Dabney. I am uh, best known right now as the creator of the Tiny Home Truck. I built a home inside of a delivery truck, essentially, and I live. Let in me that. pause you right there. It's a fly ass home. Like he's living better than most of us. In at least because the majority, I want to say the, I think the majority of the listeners last time I looked at the analytics were in New York, and yeah. yeah so how bit how much space do you have in your truck? What's your square footage? So the truck is eighteen inside. It's eighteen by seven feet, so roughly one hundred twenty six square feet. And I consumed about, I'd say a half of that, maybe like sixty percent of that with the build. So okay. it's 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 usable though. It's walkable, as you saw. Like, I mean, I can walk from the front door all the way to the back 
with no trouble. I've had up to eight people in here mm -hmm. comfortably sitting on each couch. So uh, it's comfortable. But yes, I am the creator of the Tiny Home Truck. I'm a best-selling author. I am a software developer. I have a software company. Um, and that's what I do. I create. I solve problems uh, however I can with my brain. That's the thing. Solving yeah. problems. I solve yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. Like that's, if you want a tagline, that's yeah. a tagline. What was Absolutely. your book about? My book is called Finding One. So you can find it on Amazon. But um, basically, I, I had this collection of ideas, opinions, and um, outlooks on life. A lot of introspection uh, lent, lent itself to that book. But basically, a book to challenge either how you operate or confirm how you operate and giving you an interactive approach of, um, you know, talking about fear, right, and what it is, and then giving you questions to kind of prompt, like, why are you afraid? Or what mm. are those things that are standing in your way to kind of uh, feed this fear? And how can you get past that? Uh, so it's interactive. It's an easy read, but it's something that you can read over and over again and remind yourself. Like, I use it sometimes, but it is called Finding One, and it is available on Amazon. Okay. Make sure you send me that link also. I'll include that one because that, that yeah. sounds, I'm a very <laughs> introspective person, if you will. Yeah. But I yeah. think that the key is to keep revisiting it because I feel like if you do it once, it's well and good for that space that you're in. But then the point is to continue to grow. So if you don't uh -huh. reassess, then it's kind of like for naught. Like, what did you do the work for? You know what I mean? Like if you're just going to stay there and stay stagnant. Yeah. It's kind of. I think the beautiful thing with, my book is that at the time of writing it, everything was relevant. Everything was applicable to my life at that time. And now some of that stuff is not, mm. or now I have a different viewpoint from the things that I wrote, which is, I mean, that that's amazing to me because that is growth, right? Like right. that is to be able to look back on the past and say like, why was I doing that? Or I know a better way or whatever it is, but growth is a beautiful thing. I always try and grow every day. I think that that would be um, a good gift for like a starter traveler only because mm. for me personally, I've kind of tracked my growth through how I've changed through my travels. Like that's kind of like the undertone of the podcast is that it's yeah. not just about, hi, I went to like Bermuda and we had like so much fun at the beach, which is cool if that's your thing, but that's not my thing. I've just been able to see how much I've grown from the first trip I went on and how I fucked up booking that, or I don't want to say fucked up, but you grow through the different uh, travel styles. And mm -hmm. I intentionally make space for myself to be intentional with my travels, but I didn't start there. Like I just vacationed. And right. I truly believe that uh, travel is more than vacation. But if you're not aware that you can have that space to um, associate how you experience yourself outside of your regular life, but particularly how you experience yourself when you're traveling. I don't think that you make the effort until it just like clicks for you. But Absolutely. yes, yeah. so rabbit holes, good at those too. Back to the tiny home. Why? Yeah. Why? That is the question that I get from everyone. And it's, it's the... Uh, it's the thing, right? Like, like, why would I leave the comfortability of an apartment or, you know, the luxuries that we have um, to to live in this truck, this this small truck? 
And for me, there was a few things, right? Number one was rent, rent is a never ending hole. Uh, we pay, I mean, anywhere from 25,000 to $36,000 a year, a year, Where are you just located? one year. Uh, I'm in LA. Uh, so compare comparable to New York or the Bay Area or, you know, any larger city. But even so, wherever you live, if you're paying rent, you get no return on investment. Right. And so naturally people buy property, they buy, they buy homes and live in that or they get a townhouse or they do the, the tiny home thing. Uh, tiny homes, I mean, are amazing. And ultimately, I will build some container homes mm. and get some land. But what was in the meantime, right? So I, I wanted to leave my apartment. I wanted to stop paying rent. And I looked at vans and I looked at tiny homes. Vans are too small because you can't stand up in them. And tiny homes, you have to hitch them or find some property. And so my happy medium was this delivery truck, this truck that can be my car, can be my vehicle, but it can also be my home. And um, growing up, I had never seen my grandfather live in an apartment or a house. He was always in a camper, always in a van, trailer, whatever it was. So I kind of had that vision and possibility turning in my mind that I can do this. I also had the ability to do it, the, the, um, the space and the opportunity to do it being that I work for myself. I can be anywhere in the world, really. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to look for some trucks and I'm going to do this. So number one was saving money, right? Saving money on rent and kind of getting that return back. And the second part of that was uh, we don't have enough representation and narrative in the black and brown community with this, right? It's, it's, it's slowly growing. And I've seen that over the past two years since I started my truck, it's slowly growing. But before you could have, you could search for hashtag black van life and you would find maybe a hundred posts. Uh, now, I mean, you can find thousands, which is, is a lovely thing. But, I mean, I wanted to contribute to the narrative. I wanted to contribute to the conversation that this is possible, this is doable, and this is another option to living. This is option C to the house and the apartment. This is another option. And there are many other options outside of this as well. Mm -hmm. But we don't have anyone speaking for us and contributing to that narrative. Also... I'm not 55 white and retired, right. which is the main demographic of the people doing this. So mm -hmm. I am a person of color. I am 36 years old and, and I have a thriving life. Like I am, I am a social person. So it's, it's doable. I'm showing that possibility that is, it is doable. You can still operate normally before, you know, um, before I, I met my girlfriend, um, people were asking me like, well, how's dating? And, I saw a guy dating, comment that in yeah, the, um, dating is actually is is actually interesting because it's a conversation piece, right? Like, right. oh wait, what? You live in a in a delivery truck? Right. How is that? <laughs> right? Like, uh, so so there's that conversation um, about my home, but it's it's normal. It it, it becomes normalized, and the, and the and the women who weren't down for it or, or weren't with that. They're not for me. That's fine. Exactly. I feel like so, that was like an easy decision-making factor. Yeah, but. yeah. And my my girlfriend, I mean, she was so excited about it when she first met me, I and mean, she still is. Like, she's my number one supporter. That's good. She loves it. So, and we we spent the night plenty of times in here um, because I have everything that she needs and, and that we need to operate. But um, yeah, it was the representation that was really important to me as well. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And just showing people that this can be done. So I know that this wasn't your first, the van that you have now was not your first attempt. Like you had a vehicle prior, like what happened with that one? Yes. So I was so excited to do this and I found a truck near, um, I'm from Maryland. So when I, when I left my apartment in LA, I drove back to Maryland and started doing my search for, for trucks and I found a truck in Jersey. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get this. It was $4,000. Went over there, looked okay, at it. Doable. Yeah. Doable. Right. Like, it's like buying like, a car yeah, on Craigslist. I'm, I'm getting this truck. So I go over there, look at it. And I do a little test drive around the parking lot, right? And so I don't know how these trucks are supposed to sound. Right. A big truck, but they're supposed to be loud, right? So do you need a special uh, driver's license? Nope. Regular uh, just, C-class uh, license. Uh, C, C, yep. Okay. C-class. And um, so oh, I that's a commercial, the- right? C-class is commercial. No, do you C-class need to get- is what you have. Reg- that's what okay. everybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I drove. I drive around the parking lot, and you know, I speed up. I brake. Everything seems fine. So I come back maybe like three days later and I go to the bank. I even, you know, I'm, I'm documenting everything, right? I pull out my, my camera. I take a picture of the envelope with the money. I'm like, yo, I'm about to do this. I'm about to get this about truck to have a today. $4,000 yeah. house. $4,000. So I drive over and um, I meet him. I sign the little, it's like a handwritten note, you know, basically sight on, well, not sight unseen, but basically you are purchasing this and whatever's wrong with it, you have to fix, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. We sign over, they leave. And then my boy actually followed me from Maryland uh, with his son in his van uh, to go get it just to make sure that everything was okay driving back. It was raining, torrential downpour, uh, like, you, you know how the East Coast gets. It was, mm-hmm. it was bad rain. So I started the truck. And I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. So we leave the parking lot. There's a stop sign at the end of the parking lot. Tell me why I could not stop that truck. No. In the rain, this big, this big. So these trucks roughly 10 to 12,000 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Like six tons. Is this like, when you say truck, are we talking like FedEx truck, UPS yes. truck or? Yes. Okay. Yep. Same size as this truck. So this is, this truck gross vehicle weight is 12,000 pounds. And these are, it's around a 27 foot long truck. So I pull out and he's in front of me. I could not stop. And I had to put on the emergency brake. I I wasn't going that fast, but still you have a a huge object rolling. I put on the emergency brake and I call him. I'm like, bro, I cannot stop this truck. He's like, what do you mean? I, I explain everything. And so we're like, let's try it again. Maybe it's just because it's been sitting for so long. Oh man, we got out on the like main road and I got, way behind him just in case I couldn't stop again. And the same thing happened. So I'm like, we're not going to make it home because if somebody gets in front of me real fast, they're going to be done. Like I'm going to smash into them real bad. And so I ended up having to stay the night in Jersey, got a hotel and I took it the next day to a Mr. Tire to have them check it out. Soon as the, soon as those guys got in the truck and started it up and tried to drive, they were like, did you, did you, did you buy this? Like, is this your truck? I was like, yeah, I just bought it. He was like, man, you, you got a lemon. Cause he said, first of all, it shouldn't sound like this. The brakes feel like they're locked up. The wheels feel like they're locked up. We're going to check this out. And a couple hours later I came back. They said, man, this, this truck is, is done. Like everything is rusted underneath. Damn. You need to replace everything. Um, so I ended up selling it for a thousand dollars. And uh, the guy said he didn't know 
about all this. I don't know. He's a fucking I mean, lie. What was it? Sitting in yeah. your yard for seven years and then you decided to just sell it? You ain't move it yourself? Yeah, man. He it. said it was sitting there. And you know, it's on the East Coast, so like all that salt is gonna from the snow from the snow and the roads, like all that salt just ate away and just corroded everything. So um I had to sell it and that was a blow. That was a uh, real yeah. blow. I couldn't start, you know? So I did a, I did a about a month of reconnaissance on new trucks. Mm-hmm. Same time I was designing the floor plans, and when I got this truck, I had it checked out by a mechanic. It was perfect. Drove it back to Maryland and started right away because I already had the floor plans done. Mm-hmm. So I started right away in building. So what is? So let me okay before I ask mm-hmm. that. When you're looking for a truck, where exactly did you look? Was this like a Craigslist purchase? Did you have to go to like a special truck? dealer because i know when people look for regular cars like i bought my car on craigslist but my dad is also a mechanic and my godfather has a shop so i don't really have to think when it comes to cars i trust in them but if you're just buying a truck like i've never seen a truck on a lot you know like when you pass by a dealer yeah most most of these um like trucks like mine uh, fleet trucks most of them are not going to be in like a major city they're usually Mm -hmm. outside the city or in the country so I was searching for specifically, this is what's called a step van. So anytime you see a delivery truck, it's called a step van. Okay. Um, Cause you gotta step I in, I guess. Yep. Yep. You, you, there's steps to get up. And so I was searching for step vans, but essentially if you are thinking about doing this, identify the vehicle that you want first. So a lot of people go with sprinters. Uh, you can find a sprinter van. That's like anywhere. the um, party bus ones, right? Like when you get on like the Mercedes kind of. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have, most of them don't have, or most of the people who are converting don't want the windows. windows right. They, they put the windows in. But yeah, they, they're sprinter vans by Mercedes. There are sprinter vans by like Ford and G and um, I believe GMC. They have some as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just type of like delivery vans, if you will. Um, so yeah, just. Find out what you want first and then search for that. But I got mine in Indiana and this guy, all he was selling was these trucks. Okay. So so when you got it, you said you were already working on your floor plans. What is your background? I know you mentioned engineering. How, cause I don't do the numbers. Okay. (laughs) So the people know that ain't me. What, (laughs) what type of background in engineering? Cause I know, uh, shout out to Dom. She's an engineer and Sabrina's an engineer. Uh, the two black women engineers that I know of off top. So, okay. <laughs> hey, sis. but what type of background was it that you have that made designing a floor plan even feasible? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, so I'm going to paint this color. I'm going to have this yeah. material. That's when I'm, that's what I'm designing. You're, yeah. You're designing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, uh, floor plan. Is where do I sit? <laughs> so, a uh, qu- quick history, if you will. I've always been an inventor and a creator mm-hmm. and, like, taking things apart okay. and putting them back together. So, kind of understanding how things work. The putting it back together part is the key because I've taken plenty of shit apart. Yeah. And then, it's, like, it's, just lose interest. Yeah, it's kind of – or if you don't put it back together, you still know how it would go back together. Right. Um, and so, after – after I think maybe ninth or 10th grade, I decided I wanted to go into architecture. Mm. Always been a fan, always been a lover of it. And I did a couple of programs, went to Ohio State for architecture for about a year and a half and it became too expensive. So I actually came home, went to DeVry. And so my mind is an engineer's mind. 
I went to school for electronics engineering, like hardware stuff. Okay. But my last year is when I taught myself how to code. So it's still kind of like architecture for me. Like this engineering is engineering at the end of the day. And so I kind of brought out my old tool set in my mind of my drafting days and my architecture days mm-hmm. to kind of create this floor plan, literally down to the inch of measurement. Um, and that's what allowed me to really execute very quickly with the truck in the beginning, because I could literally follow my blueprints okay. and to create this home. So you built it all yourself. Mm-hmm. You sourced everything, your own materials. Everything in here, I built myself. I, I got materials from Lowe's, Home Depot, from, uh, you know, h- hardware salvage places or wood salvage places, uh, wherever I could find. But I built everything myself. What was your resource for information as to what is best for this? Because I'm certain that different woods are better for different surfaces or different, um, because I'm thinking in terms of, I ended up gutting my kitchen in my apartment that I'm in now, right? One Mm -hmm. of my friends is a contractor. And so I'm just going by, this is pretty. I like this color. I like the way this feels. And he's just like, that's not what you, you don't put this in kitchens. You cook, so this is going to expand. Or you don't use this here because this is too porous and it's going to just be gross in two years. What was, is one thing to know like the numbers and the dimensions and like how to make something. But if you wanted to look something up, like where did you go? Was it just like a YouTube search or do you have like secret smart, smart guy friends? Well, I, I am, I'm a very curious person and I, I get a lot of my knowledge from observation. So a lot of what I do and what I did came from like my own bank, my own resource bank in my head. Um, but also, you know, my mom has worked on her houses before. And so like, let, let's take cedar for instance, right? Cedar is naturally resistant to mold and mildew and um, wow. has, has a natural, like a uh, kind of safe for water okay. type of wood. A property and so like you use that in bathrooms you, you use it on the ceiling or the floor in bathrooms that's why you see cedar antique um as people sometimes people create bath uh shower floors out of out of that wood right okay uh, because it's it's uh useful for that um so there there are things like like that but most of it was like okay i mean i'm i'm gonna be using uh uh plywood for this i i want to use a, a decent plywood i know it's, it, there's going to be contraction and, and, and expansion with the metal of my truck. So I need to accommodate for that. Um, and that again, comes from my engineering background. Um, a lot of the materials that I use though, don't hinge on, um, anything else other than aesthetic and weight. Mm-hmm. Weight is important. And then uh, durability. Oh, right. Your whole shit could tip over while you're driving. Yeah, I mean, you you need. There is a max weight that you can have in in these trucks. Uh, I think mine is like seventeen thousand pounds. But yeah, like you need to worry about weight and you need to worry about durability. So all the cabinets in my truck that you see are made from birch plywood. Okay. Uh, birch is a very hard plywood, and it's a nicer grain. So it it, it has the you know the swirls, the organic swirls of the wood, mm-hmm. and 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 brings out the uh, character of it versus like just a typical plywood. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of like a, it's a collection of, it's so eclectic in here and that that's part of my personality. So the appeal, there is an appeal to me, right? In 
time. Oh, hey, best friend. Best friend got on. Best friend too. <laughs> hey, best friend. Um, so there's an appeal to tiny homes, right? Because I just think that they're like really cute and they're pretty, and it's just like you kind of feel like a Barbie and like a little dream home. But <laughs> I'm not organized enough. The my personality right now and how I am is not conducive to being able to downsize as much. What was your life before that you've been able to have, have you always been like a minimalist or do you think that you're not a minimalist? You've just have a lot of, cause you could still have a lot of stuff in a little bit of space. Like what is, right. what is your situation? I think it comes down to efficiency. Uh, my mother beat that into me when I was young. Like she's a very efficient person. And so I picked that up and I haven't, I've never had just like stuff and, and the things that I do have in my life, I use. Okay. And if I don't use them, I get rid of them because it is like just taking up space. But I didn't have much, even in my, you know, my, my uh, studio apartment in downtown LA. I mean, I, I didn't have a couch. I had floor pillows. You know, I had my bed. It was all one open space. I had a desk that I built and that was pretty much it. My music stuff, but I didn't have much anyway. Mm -hmm. So most of my stuff is actually in this truck. I have a few boxes in storage and most of that is books and art. Cause I can't put all my books in here. Cause we talked about weight. Right. right? Um, so I don't have a lot of my books in here. I don't have a lot of my art in here. Other than that, I don't have much, but to your point, you can kind of take how you operate and build around that instead of trying to change how you operate, like build, build around the way you operate even if you think there's no organization, I, I, I would beg to differ and say there is, mm -hmm. even if it's chaotic organization, right? Yeah, that's the way I, I it makes but, sense to me, but trying to yeah. explain it to somebody else is just like, what it doesn't doing? need to make sense to anybody else but you. So, and you need to figure out like what your minimalism is, mm -hmm. you know, like what does that look like to you? You don't necessarily have to get rid of everything. So, you just got to find a spot for it. Yeah. I hope, and, <laughs> and I have my mother just texted me. I wish you, yeah. I hope you see this. As long as there's use, you know what I mean? Stop throwing stuff away. Yeah. You, gotta use you need to use. Let my dad you need live. To do, my mom's good for throwing stuff out. Do that six-month check-in to say, you know, am I using this? Am I going to use this in the next six months? If not, and you can replace it, give it away or, or you know, sell it. Mm, I have a tough, I have a tough, I'm, I'll never forget this. And this is what I think developed my attachment to uh, tangible goods. My mother had me go through my stuff. I had to be maybe 12 or so. She was like, go through your stuff, pack up the shit you don't want. Well, she didn't curse at me. I cursed. She pack up what you don't want, and we're going to donate it or whatever. All right, cool. So my silly ass, at the time, I didn't understand because my cousins, a couple of my cousins were all basically the same age. They're two years older than me, and they had the fly gear, right? So they would give me a bunch of hand-me-downs, and I would be excited to get this shit. Shante um, and Camila. Thank you. And that means thank you to Aunt Michelle and Aunt Karen because y'all are parents, so y'all did the work, right? Anyway, I had the cutest pair of high-top Reebok patent leather black sneakers that I want to say Camila probably gave me. Cam or Shantae, I don't fucking know. And there was this perfect cotton, like, you know, like the good, good cotton? like the hey, that perfect cotton. cotton. I know what you're talking about. The, the cotton cotton. Yeah. And it was a Boys in the Hood tee. Mind you, 
I was 12. And my parents did a very good job of that, you know, monitoring what the fuck I watched. Unless I went to like one of my auntie's houses or one of my friend's houses. I didn't watch yeah. rated R shit. Or I yeah. probably didn't watch but so much PG-13 unless they were with me anyway. But I gave those two things away. I put them in there. The perfect T and the fallback classic, like, they would have been applicable to every 90s party that I have flaked on since. And I can't let that go because I will, I will never forget when Boys in the Hood actually clicked for me and then it had, a, you know, the cultural significance to me. And it was yeah. just like, oh, this is the thing. I'm like, let me go find a T-shirt. So I'm digging and I'm digging and I'm digging and I'm looking and I'm like, I gave it all the fuck away. away. And so it's just like, in my mind, and the way... Uh, what do you call bell bottoms came back? I'd given away all my fucking bell bottoms because you figure, oh, these are out of style. I'm not wearing these anymore. So you bag them up. So for me, I tried to kind of balance the, you know, this is also why I don't think that I would be ready to be a backpacker. Oh, not mm. because I wear, I'm a very jeans and t-shirt, give me a pair of cutoffs and some chucks and I'm happy. So it's not that I have like a lot of clothes, but I like what I have, but I feel like I need to get better. Like people say, when you get money, like what you should do is not necessarily buy more expensive stuff, but just better shit. Like you buy better constructed items. And I'd like to think that would be me, but (sighs) so yeah, thanks ma. For having that's me that's clean that's my own clothes good. out. You see what I'm saying? And now I can't let shit go. But that was my long drawn out way to say backpacking, maybe not so much. Tiny homing, <laughs> maybe not so much. How has your life changed differently now that you are in a tiny home? Oh man, I think I think one of the most beautiful things about this is that I have been able to invest more time and money mm. in my community and in and, and myself as well, but just like you know, it's not so stressful when I need to get paid from a client, when I'm, you know, developing this app and it's done, like, there is a, there is a, a magical thing when you can say, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I, I know, like, get, get, get it to me in a couple of weeks versus like, yo, can I, can I get that invoice paid like tonight? Um, because I have less responsibility financially and that also frees up, it, it, it is also freed up my time because I don't have to work so hard anymore That's or I can work on other things that I really want to work on personal projects. And so like just investing my time in myself and personal projects, as well as other people who are trying to do things, other people who I, I love to see people become entrepreneurs and work for themselves and leave their day jobs. I right. love that. I'm the wrong person if you are talking about it and you're on that fence, cause I'm going to grab you and pull you to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want you to do that and feel that freedom. So, you know, like I've been able to invest monetarily into, into people's businesses and do consultations and get on the phone with people and walk them through different business actions or platforms to use, whatever it is. Like that is something that I did not foresee at all, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's manifested with this truck. Did you do like a, um, not debt consolidation, like were you in debt beforehand, before you did the tiny home? Like I know a lot of people that um, decide to become expats, like they want to leave the country, leave out the state. I've seen where people just 
pick up and go, like they don't really plan, but then you have the people that do actually plan and make sure that they cut their expenses and all of that beforehand. Was that something that you decided to do or you just balls to the wall, just go for it? Sure. Let's, let's jump into that. Uh, that's a, that's a great segue. Um, I just jumped into it. Uh, I think like most people, I, I had debt, um, but you know, I still have a tiny bit, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I am now debt-free with credit cards. And, um, you know, I, I'm a very transparent person. I may have mentioned this on the Audacity Festival um, view, but I have raised my credit score in the past year 150 points. Oh, wow. And um, I've done it strategically. There was no magic behind it. Like, it was just, you know do this and this will happen and keep doing this, you know? Um, but I had to file bankruptcy twice, uh, 2009 and in 2010, uh, just a series of unfortunate events. I was also laid off from the, you know, my job. So the economy tanked then, but you know, we're, we're so, uh, frightened and, and fears put in us that we need to have our credit score at a certain level or we cannot operate or right. things are just really bad. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Uh, you can still operate, you can still live, and you can still live a full life and, and work on that when you can. But obviously it comes into play when you, you're, you're purchasing things that, that require loans or good credit, but it, it's not the end all be all. And so the fact that I've been able to do, you know, sub 530 to now I'm at, I believe 670, um, in the last year, right? Like it's doable. Um, so I'm not a financial advisor, but I can absolutely tell people what I did. Um, but it wasn't something that me doing this wasn't something where it's like, Oh, I want to be debt free or I want to get rid of this. So I'm gonna do this truck. That was kind of like always, that's always been my thing. Like, I definitely want to be debt free. I want to get rid of this and I want to have this purchasing power. I want to have these investments and this, this, uh, liquid cash mm-hmm. or liquid, you know, asset. So it naturally played into, Oh, I have more money now. Cause I don't have rent. Oh, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and throw a G to this, this credit right. card. You know what I'm saying? And I would do that consistently. And I mean, it just happened. So there, that part, if you do it for nothing else, that part is worth it. You do it for a year or two, man, savings, investment, right? all of it. Just so much more opportunity to do with what you want yes. with your money. It's kind of like, yep. I just, <laughs> I don't know what, who was it? I don't know what the picture in the meme was, but I think it was a uh, plankton or somebody from one of the, uh, what is that? SpongeBob. I think it was a character from SpongeBob. Okay. And it said, um, direct deposit, bills hit 7, 8. No, direct deposit hit 7 a.m., bills hit 7 to 1. You're like, we here. Like, it don't matter. It ain't your money. This isn't for you. It, 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 you get what's left. It's like after you pay to sustain yeah. the life that you live, yep. you can actually live the life that you're trying to sustain, which exactly. is pretty trash. Not pretty trash. It is. It's trash. So what is your. You're working for what's sake. You're working to live and not living to work. Like it's, it, yeah. I was just trying to have this conversation with one of my coworkers and he's a bit younger. So I'll, I gotta give him grace that he maybe not had, he has possibly not gotten to that point where it's like, this is fucked up. Like there's no reason why this should be when you got like, even with your truck, how does your, um, 
uh, what do you call, your insurance work? Like, what do you? I, I assume have it insured, insured, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have it insured as an RV. Okay. Um, that's what it is uh, according to the state and according to my insurance. But an RV is classified in the state of California. An RV is classified as having running water in a sink, uh, having a toilet and a bed that are that are fixed. So you could put you could put some wood down in a mattress, screw it to the floor and put a toilet down or a bucket if you want and screw it to the floor and call it a day and you are an RV. Huh. So according to the state of California, I'm an RV. I'm classified. I mean, I, I'm licensed as just an automobile. Um, and then with my insurance, I am, I'm uh, insured as an RV. Do you need uh, drivers like uh, like regular driving insurance if you have RV insurance? It is, it is the insurance. So it's for, you don't need, like, you don't need auto insurance for it. Okay. You can, you can have, like, that is your auto insurance, but it's our RV insurance, basically. And also, I have the RV insured because it is a home. So it's, it's, it's insured. It's all covered. Well. It's a blanket yeah. kind of mm-hmm. insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is your setup like? Because I know that that would be, like, the next question that I would have. Like, I'm looking at you, and I, what is this behind you? Maybe, like, yes, so office space, this, right? Uh, are your viewers going to be able to see this, too? Yeah. I'm recording for oh. uh, the Instagram, not the Instagram. What do you call it? YouTube. <laughs> the Instagram. Um, so behind me, this is like my, this is like my living room, right? So you have the bench seating, and this is my favorite part where the skylight is at. My favorite plant was the parts, the, the parts, the plants. When I saw the plants, I was like, oh, okay, this is real life, real, real life. They're plants. So I got all the plants. Um, got plants in the kitchen as oh, well. Wow. more plants. Yeah. That's but, my favorite color. Uh, I love turquoise. Yeah, yeah, so that color and then this, you know, salmon color with the bookshelf over here. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, you come in and to the left is the electrical closet. Um, and then to the right is the bathroom with, I guess I can kind of give your viewers some eye candy. Um, but over here is the bathroom, so to speak. Got the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, working on this, got a skylight in there as well. But uh, you walk forward, and then the kitchen is on your left with a refrigerator by Dometic, which is, it looks like a cooler, but it's not. It's, okay. uh, it's temperature controlled. You can control it, make one side a freezer, one side a refrigerator if you want. Oh, fancy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dope. And I got the biggest, well, one of the biggest ones because I, I love to eat. And um, I have running water. Uh, I, I just ordered my gas stove top. Uh, that'll be coming soon with two burners. Um, and, and so anyone who's thinking about doing this, you have to consider energy usage uh, because, you, you know, solar power is charging everything. And so I have an induction stove top, which is electric, mm-hmm. use a lot of power. And so at okay. night, let's say when the batteries are lower, if I use that electric stove top, it's going to eat up all yeah. that power. And so the gas comes in in handy because it doesn't use any power at all. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll install that soon. And then, Right here is the living room. I have my Murphy bed that folds out from the wall. And that was done intentionally because I I wanted to have friends in here to have a game night or just be social with me. And I wanted space. And most of the vans that I've seen, the, the conversion vans that I've seen, people have their beds set in the mm-hmm. back stationary. And so it really cuts off half of your vehicle. Right. And I really, I didn't want that. I wanted like the feel of a small studio apartment. Um and that's what I created. And I, in the back, I have a music closet with some guitars and keyboards and 
on uh, in the way back is my garage with like tools and hardware stuff. But um, I have yeah. a lot of space in here. Rooms. And yeah. There are rooms in the van, and yeah. also yeah. you don't let people sit on your bed without outside clothes. So yeah, that, no, no right? outside clothes on the bed. <laughs> see, see the difference. Black folks know better. Black people know better. That shit is out the way. Yeah. So what was it that? No, that's not what I was gonna say. With all the stuff that you have, like the the running water in particular, do you have a certain like limit on how much water you have? I'm assuming that it's like. Uh, you're not plugged into the ground for water. Like, how does the right. water work? I have, a, I have a five gallon freshwater tank. Um, That's it. Actually, yeah. Well, so I mean, five gallon goes a long way. Um, I feel like a you, shower is like fifty seven gallons. So, so think about when you actually use the water in the shower. Right. Use it. Use it to get your body wet and use it to rinse off. Right. So essentials, right? Everybody loves to take a shower and feel the warmth and like I, just be. I just sit there. I, yeah. I come up with the best ideas in the bathroom, whether it be on the toilet or in the shower. Yes. So it's I, my office. That's Loki. My office. The bathroom is my well, office. I, I get it, but when you think about the essentials, right? You're really only using water for about maybe two minutes, like maybe two minutes, and so all that other water is waste. I waste. So a lot in, of water. in the sink, in, in the sink instance, right? Like I don't leave the water running when I'm washing my hands. I turn it on, wet my hands, turn it off, wash my hands, and then turn it back on again. Um, but I have a five-gallon tank. I have a ten-gallon tank that I just installed under the truck that I will I will use as the fresh water. And I use all natural organic soap. Uh, so I think it's Dr. Myers right now. But mm-hmm. I, I have fresh uh, organic soap, earth-friendly soap that I let drain out into the street for now. I let drain out into the street. Um, and then the shower has a 21-gallon tank that I will eventually install a fresh water there as well. Oh, so but they're it, separate? Yes, they're so two separate. So your shower and your sink are, have two separate water reserves? Yeah, because the shower doesn't need to be potable, right? It doesn't need to be drinkable water. Okay. However, it still needs to be, like, decent. Right. Um so yes, the the shower tank is separate from the sink tank. Oh, so what is the so okay? So you would what do you call it? The shower water that can run off into the street. You don't need to catch that water. Um, well, so normally I would say yes, you do because really, yeah, because most people don't use like earth friendly soaps though. So I'm moving okay. into a space of um, I'm actually researching with the help of my girlfriend to find some eco-friendly soaps that I can allow to run off into the street mm-hmm. or run off into the ground and not harm the ground at all or not harm the earth. Um, but yeah, most RVs and most like motorhomes, they do have, it's called a black water tank because they actually have a toilet system as well. And the right. toilet system and the shower system both go to the same tank. Okay. Makes I, don't sense. Have, I don't have running water. Uh, uh, I have a dry flush toilet, so I don't have any water with my toilet. And so it's just a shower. So it's literally just dirt from my body and then the soap. Uh, yeah. So right now I don't have a gray water tank, um, but I I may get one if it's required for like a camping ground or something like that. So what about the toilet waste? Does that, the do you have to find like a location to dump that or do you just like go to the woods or something? No, I, I, I just go... I, I, I mean, I have a, I've been very resourceful over the past two years and I know I have locations on my Google maps where I know where dumpsters are at. So I'll just go or I'll throw it away at my, my girlfriend's uh, apartment. She has a, you know, the dumpster for her apartment. But other than that, 
I know where dumpsters are at and I will, it's basically all in a bag. And um, the way the toilet works, so people understand is the dry flush toilet, you go to the bathroom and what it does is it sucks out the air to kind of bring the bottom of the bag down. Like an airplane. Well, so hold on. It sucks out the air to bring the bottom of the bag down and at the top of the bag, it twists it and then it drops the bag down again. So it creates these pockets. It, it's it, Imagine one long bag Okay. And you're using only a part of it each time you flush. Oh. And so it it's a it's like a bubble and twist at the top. A bubble, a twist at the top, but it all gets like a compacted down. Yeah. So it's just a, it's in a it's in a one bag when I'm done, I twist up the bag and throw it away. Super gross, but I kind of Yeah, I mean, it well. okay. So it's it's probably the cleanest toilet to get and the easiest to maintain because I mean there's no maintenance, but uh, the, the smell is negligible and the cleanup, there is no cleanup except, except throwing a bag away with right. the, with the, uh, nature's head, uh, composting toilet or with a standard toilet, you have to clean those out and ask me, Mm-mm. ask me if I know someone who enjoys that. Mm-mm. I don't like Nobody. cleaning regular toilets. Nobody. So I don't want to clean out. Yeah. Like that, that to me is like a porter potty then. That's what that would be, right? You would need like that's more the other like ones. Those, yeah, like the other ones yeah, are like yeah, they're, they're they're similar to that. You got to like wash it out. I don't listen. No, I'm you. doing my part. I'm minimizing my footprint, but that's that's the one thing where I, I just could not uh, sacrifice the ease of use with the toilet. Mm-hmm. So, how long did it take you to build out the truck to kind of get all of your um, design? I, not not designs, but how long did it take it before? take you before you could actually live in the truck and how long have you been there? A fair question. So initially the build phase from October to December of 2018, I got around 50% done. Uh, I was, I was, I was literally getting up every day from 7 AM to 12 PM. I would work on the truck. And so I would do that for those three months, but I had a dedicated build space Okay. And I didn't have to worry about like people watching me or anything like that. When I drove the truck back to LA in January, 2019, uh, I had started living in a den. I was living in the truck then before I was done. I had no insulation on the ceiling. I was going to ask that. Yo, I had no insulation on the, in the kitchen side or in the bathroom. So all my heat was, was left. All my heat just went right through the roof. It was like 35 degrees in LA in January. Yo, I was in my sleeping bag. I had a hoodie on. I had sweats on. I had a beanie on. I had a blanket on top of the sleeping bag. It was cold. You're outside. Cold. Yes, I was outside without the breeze. Right. That's outside. Yeah. Like sleeping in your car. I was living in it. I mean, I've been living in it since 2019. January 2019. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, damn. How, like, is... I feel like the insulation that doesn't take out um, a lot of space. Uh, so the insulation, I'm using something called polyiso foam board. It's a rigid board, um, and on the walls and on the ceiling, I have an inch and a half thick of polyiso. That's not a lot. And then I have the wood on top of that on the inside. Um, so putting that in, I actually put it in. I think around the summertime of that year. And it made a huge difference. Like, you know, it's, it's comfortable in here now, but mm-hmm. man, it was tough from January until then. It was tough. 
but I'm, I'm, I tell people that I'm glad I lived in it before I actually finished it because it made me actually realize, oh, well, maybe I don't need this here. I can forego that and make room for this. Okay. Or you create your habits and your movement in your truck or in your, in your space, and you realize what's more efficient than what you thought would be efficient. And so I was able to kind of modify my plans uh, based on my movement and operation in my truck. Okay, that makes sense. It's more, mm-hmm. it's kind of like somebody that, um, I used to work at a doctor's office, and so you've got the, I don't want to say administration, but you've got all of these executives making decisions on how a medical practice should be run, but you've never been a doctor. Never been a, you've yeah. never been a patient service coordinator. You've never it. been a nurse. You've never actually been at a medical facility other than being serviced yourself and then showing up for these meetings. So for you to try to tell me what is the best way to tell someone that, no, you can't get this referral for the oncologist that saved your husband's life now that your brother is battling cancer. It's kind of like just so that makes no sense. And that like, yeah, being a part of it would actually, duh, logic. And he's an engineer. So two and two together. So what hasn't been enjoyable about tiny home living? Well, I think initially, you know, I hadn't had my toilet um, until maybe like four months, three months after I was living in the truck. And so, you know, we forget about the things that we have in our daily lives, in our apartments, that when taken away, it's like a smack in the face. Right. So everyone knows when you get up in the morning, usually people have to go to the bathroom. Yep let it be cold in your apartment and you, you have to go even worse, right? Like cold makes you want to go yeah. to the bathroom even more. So getting up in the morning, it's cold. I also have to go to the bathroom, but I don't have a toilet in here. That's so now I have bad. to get dressed and I got to find a Starbucks or a, a grocery store or something like that, where I got to walk outside and go to the bathroom. That was, that was the first unpleasant thing. In that all I weather. It, it, in cold weather, man, like, oh, so I can't even imagine. imagine. So there was, there was that part. And then I think the, I think the second part is just, um, I mean, besides not having heat for a while as well, I have a furnace in here now, but I didn't. Um, I think the other part is just that, you know, people, People have vandalized my truck a few times and, you know, I've had to wash off the spray paint. I think it's been around four times because, you know, these taggers see it as a big canvas, right? right. Like, you know, I get it, but it's still no fun. Other than that, I can't say there's, there's much else that's not enjoyable. Like this, I love my space so much and I love to bring people in here and watch their faces just like light up. It's like, yo, this is bigger than I thought. Right. You're like, this is fly. Like, you know, like they enjoy the space. The potentials. Yeah, man. And I, and I love that because again, going back to our community, some people don't even know this can be done the way I did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people don't even know that this can be done. Right. Like there are people that can't even fathom this. And so I love to, like you said, unlock that, that vision 
of of potential um, that this can be like something a cheat code good. for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like no rent. People ask me all the time. So you pay no rent, huh? <laughs> no rent. So you just no pay for everything rent. up front. Like you just uh, saved your money yeah. and just paid for the truck this way. That. Yep. yep. The truck was around ten thousand, which is on the higher scale. You can get a van or even a truck like this for four to six thousand, um, even eight thousand. But yeah, man. I mean, I own this. It's mine. I have no bills or utilities besides my businesses. So everything other than that, like it's just going to savings. So you could even sell your design, like yeah. all of your so that, blueprints and stuff. It's just like that is a plan. That is um something I'm trying. One ninety nine, like one hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. like architectural designs would go for. So shade me. I mean, one ninety nine isn't bad, but I could absolutely do that. And I I want to build not personally anymore, but like, I want to build these and design these for people who are thinking about doing it. you know, one or two plans, that's it. And they buy the vehicle, they come to me, we build it out and we create these homes. Or you homes would actually hands to the wall, like build it yeah, for somebody. But like I said, not, not me. I would, I, I have a team, but okay. I, I would, I would uh, be part of that design process and figuring that out and, you know, doing that, also doing that with containers, you know? Um, so that is something in the works for okay. sure. Mm-hmm. That seems like the uh, um, a good transition into since <laughs> now, did you actually enjoy that though? Did you enjoy oh, the building? I oh, assume you enjoyed the designing. So cathartic building, building this truck was extremely cathartic, man. Like just therapy for the mind. And, you know, you put on, you put on some music, right? You just go to town, man. Like, and, 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 if, if you know what it's like to be able to put something on paper or think about it and then it, it manifests before your ah. eyes, that feeling is what I got daily when I worked on this truck. Like daily, that, that thing of manifestation into fruition and into something tangible, like that is a powerful thing. Even if it's something so simple as building a cabinet or a drawer, but like you've, you, you wrote it down on your notebook and your moleskin, you envisioned it. And then you build it, you go in, in the store and get some wood and you built it. It's like, what? Like, I'm still I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass, but like, I look at this and if I hadn't been a part of this process, I would look at this and be overwhelmed by what is in here. And right. I would probably shy away from it because I did so much work, but there was so much time to do it. And, and I think that was the thing that I, I didn't uh, estimate for. I thought it was going to take me less time, but okay. I just took my time and, and I built as I could. And I'm, I'm so proud of like this, because again, it's, it, it's not just for me, it's for our culture. It's, it's for people to look at this as a, as a model. Yeah. A sustainable option that you don't yeah. have to cons- consist. Now, what is the, the maintenance? Like, what is your like monthly upkeep? What are your, like, do you have household bills? Nah, no household bills. I mean, water, water's negligible. Right? Where do you I mean, get water? You can get water from Home Depot. Huh. You can get water from, um, you know, gas stations. They, next to the air pump, they usually have a water pump. Okay. Um, I mean, you can you can get water from many places. Um, water's negligible. Electricity's free. Uh, because you have the solar power. Because you, you have the solar power. Panels. Uh-huh. Jesus. Yep. Solar okay. panels. And other than that, maintenance is just 
basically on the truck itself, like the vehicle. So if I need to replace parts or if I need to fix something, I usually try to do it myself. But if I can't, mm-hmm. if I need a shop for it, then I'll go to a shop. But I haven't had much of that. Um, but there's really no maintenance other than like your home maintenance, right? Like dusting and sweeping the floors and doing all that. So do at you- least not yet, you know? Okay. Does it run um, on regular gas or is that like a diesel yeah. thing? No, this is gas. Okay. It's a gas V8. So to run your, no, like, not, I guess not to run the, the only thing that you need gas is for just driving the vehicle, right? Yes, the gas. So the vehicle system is separate from my household system of electricity. Okay. Um, I can actually charge my batteries with the vehicle alternator. Uh, but I don't, I don't need to do that. Um, but yes, my vehicle, the gas that is in the vehicle goes to the engine and that's it. it. Um, I do have propane for my furnace, my heater. Um, and that will also power the, the gas stove. But other than that, that's the only kind of like a utility I have that I need to fill up every now and then. But I, I mean, I use the, uh, you, you 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 can take a propane tank empty exchange it for a new one for about, I don't know, $9, $10. That's what it co- My daddy always crying about, Oh, I got to go get, oh, I don't feel like going to get it. Bro, it's $10. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, it depends on where you're at too, but like a new tank costs, I think $20. So to refill, I think is about half of that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you watching this one. You talk a big game, a whole lot of shit. You talking about I mean, you know, it might be, $20, it might be bro. <laughs> Not the point. <laughs> grill the fish i want it i want to grill i'll give you the propane money bro you just gotta do the work I'm like, my daddy is is such a freaking he's such a good egg i am so spoiled so hi daddy i'll take it back i, re, I redact that last one um but what is your parking situation like are do you just roll up someplace and just leave it or do you have to find different locations that are since it's considered an RV, like, do you have to um, only be in RV accessible locations? So technically, yes, I am an RV. However, from a uh, figurative or aesthetic standpoint, I look like a delivery truck. So I can get away with things that these other van lifers can't because everybody thinks I'm delivering something. Right. So um, I didn't start abusing the system until like this year, but my girlfriend hates it too. Like I'll pull up somewhere and put on my hazards and then walk away. <laughs> and she's like, I hate the hazards. Please go check on your truck. But okay. in the beginning, I think I've maybe had six tickets total in the past year and a half with my truck at meters. Okay. Um, but I, I, I literally don't, don't tell anybody this. I don't pay <laughs> meters anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't pay meters anymore. I pull up, I popped hazards on if I need to. Otherwise, like, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe, like, there is some privilege there that I shouldn't take for granted. But I'm I'm willing to pay for that $30 it's ticket. The system. $30? That's it? Yeah, well, so that's that's a good, that's on a good day. Like, usually it's like 67 or 75 But even so, that's, as that's long as it's less, as long as it's less than, like, four or $500, I'm okay with that. I've never seen a parking ticket that that high, so I'm good. But it costs that, us more to park a car. My <laughs> Hyundai Sonata. 
will run me like $30 just to park for like 30 minutes, 40, depending on where you're going. But but New York is horrible. Give me the ticket. If it was was a $30 ticket. They they take y'all money, man. They take your money over there. So, um, meters, I, I usually park. That's like with operation, right? With, with staying the night somewhere. Again, I have my spots that I have in my Google list, um, Google map list where I, I know where to park. And, and I don't even go to the map anymore. I just know where these places are at. Mm-hmm. So I park in places that don't really have any street signs or, or um, don't really have any uh, conditions in which I can park. Uh, and and I, that's how I operate. But again, I look like a delivery truck. So I'm assuming so just, it's not right? in residential areas because you would stand out, like par- uh, parked on somebody's block with. Yes. So I'm not down, I'm not on a street where it's just a row of houses, right? Like I'm not down streets like that. However, I am sometimes in residential areas where there's like meters, you know, I park in Hollywood sometimes near my girlfriend's house Mm -hmm. or um, I park up in, uh, excuse me, Sherman Oaks. uh, And and there's like, that's like North Hollywood area. And I park up there near, near neighborhoods, but not in, so to speak. Um, And primarily I park near places where I can operate. So a grocery store, right? I'm vegan. So I need like a, a Trader Joe's, Whole Foods or 365. Um, and then I, I look for like restaurants where I can go get something to eat or something to drink. Um, you know, like the hardware, usually near Home Depot or Lowe's or some kind of lumber or hardware mm-hmm. store. So I make sure I have everything around me. But the, the, the beautiful thing is that I can, I can create that environment over and over again in different locations, how long wherever you, I go. How long do you stay in a place? Because I feel like then... That would be, I don't know if it's like a New York thing, but in my mind, I'm watching people watching how I move. Like, I don't know how that. So that is an excellent, that is an excellent um, point because I actually did a podcast recently talking about the truck and the same thing came up. Like I, I was raised in the city environment and I was raised that people are always watching. Mm -hmm. And so I, that, that's why also it took me so long to finish this truck because I'm operating in a city where I don't want people seeing me getting out in and out of the truck every day or, you know, knowing what I have in here. So it's important that I do watch people who are watching me and and watch their actions, but also I've have found places where I can operate incognito where there's not a lot of foot traffic before I was you know, I came right back to downtown LA when I drove the truck back and that was a mistake. Like I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be in that environment because there's too much foot traffic, too much traffic in general. Um, you know, some, some, some homeless guys tried to steal my bike one night and I confronted them both. And obviously like, you know, they're, they're still in there for parts so they can eat. I get it. I, I had a conversation with them, but like, I can't operate in that environment, right. you know? So I kind of left outside of the city and uh, now I just, you know, I keep tabs on who's around and I watch people and, you know, I've been robbed before um, a few times in my life. And so I know, I know what people look for and and I, I just keep it close. And when I, when I feel like something's up, I'll move. What is your security system like? Do you have one for the uh, van? Sure. I have a, I have three blink cameras um, that record and they're motion, motion, uh, motion uh, sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I can look at it from my phone. I have Wi-Fi in here, so I can look at it from my phone. I also have a 600-pound magnetic, uh, 600 pounds of force, but it's a magnetic lock on the front door. 
Uh, I don't have a standard door where you you pull a handle and a little latch comes up. It's right. it's, a, it's a it's a mechanical piece of metal that when you turn the handle, the metal lifts up. And so I needed to create a way to secure that door if someone were to get in. And that is with that lock. So it's the same type of lock you see in the hospital doors up at the top. When you can't get in that door, that door is locked with a magnet. And oh. so if, unless you're Superman, you're not getting in that door. You can break a window and climb through if you want. It's a little high. And if you get in, you're probably going to get cut. If you get out, you deserve whatever you took from my house because you're probably leaking somewhere. Right. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a fortress in here. And I mean, it's, it's thick aluminum walls. You're not getting in without a lot of noise. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So what is your travel flexibility? Like, do you find that cause considering you can essentially be a digital nomad, do you find that yeah. you travel um, more I, or less or. So traveling has just become uh, accessible to me with the truck because it was not registered with the state for a long time. I still had Maryland tax for, you know, since I drove it back up until maybe three months ago, uh, California has one of the toughest vehicle inspections in the country uh, to pass. So it took me a long time to pass it because I needed to fix some things. So I finally passed, finally got it registered. Uh, I took my first road trip up to Carmel Monterey Bay, which is a little South of San Francisco area. But um, I intend to travel once kind of, I don't know where we're going with this COVID thing, but once things kind of open back up and it's safe to travel without having to quarantine, I will do that. Cause my plan this summer was actually to travel to, you know, 30, 40 States right. and set up shop with this, have people come in, have exhibitions, but obviously that, that was canceled. So I, I, I do want to travel locally though, as far as like Northern California, Washington, mm-hmm. Oregon, um, maybe New Mexico or Texas. Um, but I will be coming to, New York, absolutely, with the truck very soon. Maryland, East Coast, New York, all that. Because I know a lot of people are, um, because of the COVID concerns, it seems like it would be more um, attractive to be self-contained. You would think that because you can do everything in your own space that you would be more comfortable going to another location. But I guess, are you an introvert? Do you find yourself to be an introvert, extrovert, or ambivert? Like, what's your personality style? I feel like, so when the term ambivert came out, um, I kind of gravitated towards that. I, I would say I'm more of an extrovert, but I do enjoy my my alone time and my introvert part. So I can fluctuate between both. Sometimes I don't like crowds. Sometimes I don't mind them. Um, but yeah, like I, um, I find that you can absolutely operate within this space and it is ideal for what's happening right now. Um, however, it's just some people don't want some van lifers. They don't want to travel. They won't travel because they don't want to, I guess, spread, uh, what they may have or get something that other people in another state have and then bring it back to where they currently reside, like going back to kind of, you know, eliminate that spread of, of it, if you will. But I mean, I've seen other, I've seen other van lifers that just travel at will. And I think like, that's what I really want to do. And I will do that um, over the next few months, but I'm waiting for the fall to hit. Do you find that you've changed your, um, Commun- like I don't want to say community, but the way you interact with people now that you're 
self-contained to an extent because I'm thinking, and I could be wrong, but in my mind, like, if you're in a building, you run into people in the uh, in the elevator, yeah. in the hallways, and stuff like that. You're on, you rent in even a house, or if you leave a house, you see your neighbors, and you know what I mean. Like, do you feel that you have to force community more? Do you feel that you're more detached being in the well, truck? As far as community is concerned, I do miss being in that direct contact with people, like in a building, like in a you know apartment building, right? I am a very I love to learn about people and I, I love to find out their stories or what they're doing or whatever. And so obviously I don't get that anymore. And before COVID hit, I didn't have to necessarily work harder. It was more of like, Oh, where are you at? I'll pull up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or let's, let's meet up somewhere. I, I guess it may, it may have pushed me to engage with my community more because of this, right? And and I'm engaging in on another level in ways that I didn't before because it was just there. Um, but I love human interaction. I love people watching and I love to talk to strangers. So for me, like that is a huge part of who I am. And when COVID hit, like it's been so tough, man, because I love to just go to a bar, get a beer, talk to whomever's there, talk to the bartenders, get to know them, create relationships, but we can't do that right now. So we're finding, you know, different ways uh, to engage. Yeah, you're my dad. He goes to the buffet and comes out. <laughs> Jeff, Steve, guys, take care. Exactly. It's been real. Exactly. I kid you not. Father's Day. This man, I swear he called every father in his phone. And he was telling me the story. It was just this random couple because he loves his Harley. He has motorcycles. He loves them. Yeah. I hate the shits. It's his thing. I promise, okay. Daddy, I'm listening, but I'm not listening. You know damn well I'm only listening because I love you. That being said, he pulled, like, somebody's bike broke down, pulled over. He, he couldn't fix the bike on the side of the road or whatever, but he made friends with somebody that he stopped to check on on the side of the road, called them. They, he didn't get them. They called him back, and now they're having this conversation while we're supposed to be eating dinner, and it's just... He like I guess that I am uh, an ambivert with more introvert tendencies where in my mind I ask that question because I find that I would absolutely stay to myself even more. I Mm. don't when COVID hit, I realized that I missed the control of my social interactions, not necessarily the social interactions. I missed that I got to decide when I would have people over or when I would get to hang out with people or like when I would interact versus now I'm just being told like I, I can't. And that's what kind of what bothered me about the um, the change. But I think that for me and my personality, I would absolutely stay to myself more. The most that I would do would probably be um, going to a um, like a coffee shop or something like a Starbucks yeah. just to change my scenery every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, I find that I would have to force the idea of community because now it's yeah. just like I leave my house and I see my neighbors. Hey, what's going on? I'm driving in a car separate from my residence. So there's not that place where I just rely on. All right, I'm a pull up. I'm not getting out. I don't have to see anybody. I'm just going to come out of the cab and just go yeah. to bed or something like that. So mm-hmm. last question for you. Yeah. What's something you wish? How do you ask question? Uh, something, you know, now that you wish you knew before you started. 
Mm. That's a tough question. Something that I know now that I wish I knew before I started, besides how to take a truck to a mechanic before you buy it. Uh, that, that was an important that? lesson. <laughs> <laughs> um, Even with cars, guys, if you buy a car, private sale. Yeah, with cars, first. you know, like all that. Um, honestly, I, I really, I don't know if I can answer that because I really did plan out everything and everything in here like I have no more or no less than what's in here, uh, than what I wanted. Um, and I haven't experienced any, any kind of like really letdowns or catastrophes or, you know, anything like that. I think here's a good example, I guess. I know about engines now. Mm. I knew nothing about engines. I mean, besides the basic stuff, I knew nothing about engines that I, I know now just because my truck was having issues and I'm trying to pass smog check and get it registered. And I now am confident that if there's a problem with my truck, I could figure out. And if I have the, the tools and equipment, I'll do it myself. Right. You know, like that, that is empowering for anyone and anyone to know about engines and engine codes and, you know, like what does what and how things work together. Like engines are simpler than we think they are. And knowing that, knowing that, that part is just so empowering, like, so imp I would love it when a problem came up because it was opportunity for me to be like, oh, let me figure out what these parts do. Oh, mm -hmm. it's a new part I never seen before. I don't know the name of like, and I would, I would understand and just like everything clicks after that. And everyone said that to me, but you don't really get it until you have the opportunity to do it. So I think with that, I wish I had known that before because again, just knowing about engines and being able to fix a car on the spot is, is a powerful thing. Yeah. You know, all these mechanics try to get us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they... Listen, I Not have to dad. marry Not into this. Saying, like... I have to marry into this because I have, he makes my, this is like a, a part guest B is my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. If you haven't noticed y'all know. I'm absolutely a daddy's girl. He'll ask me, uh, baby girl, when when'd you uh when'd you change the oil? Like, I don't know. When you changed it. That's when it last got changed. Let's not get crazy. Like you know these things. But he'll always make me watch him do stuff with the car. So I know how to check my oil. I know where most of the fluids like the power steering fluid, the windshield wiper fluid, the antifreeze, I know where those go. I know how to change a tire. God forbid I ever do it. Cause there's now there are resources. I'm oh, just wow. going to call my dad. I'm going to call <laughs> and he's going to call AAA. or like, I, I just don't have, he did explain how an engine works. All I know is combustion and there are sure. valves. That's all I, that's all I retained. But that's what it. are you working on? Like what, as the creator, what projects do you have in the works that people can look out for? What's in oh, the mill? Um, we got time for this. Go for it. <laughs> um so i am working on a few things i have a startup called money uh spelled m-u-n-e-e -E. and essentially i started this platform it's a digital 
payment platform, if you will, secure digital payment platform. And it allows you to do uh, two main things. It allows you to purchase like you normally would uh, by scanning a QR code. Okay. And so you don't present a card, you don't present any information, no private data is shared, uh, but it also allows you to donate money to homeless and disadvantaged citizens um, by doing the same action, scanning a QR code. I think the number one response when people are asked if they can help a homeless person is, do you have any cash or can you help me? People say, I don't have any cash. Right. Nobody carries cash on them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was important for me to create something to help with that. So that's why the platform was created. Um, my co-founder and I are actually ramping up to relaunch. I launched the app in 2018 and, um, it did fairly well, but, uh, there's some things on the back end that didn't, uh, quite work with the platform and I had to kind of pivot. So I have a co-founder now and we are getting ready to relaunch, but the app will be available soon. And if you're a business owner, you can absolutely get on board. You don't need any hardware to accept payment. You can have a t-shirt with your QR code on it. Uh, super easy, frictionless. Uh, you don't need anything uh, to accept payment, except uh, an account on the app. And then for users, um, we are going to incorporate a roundup feature. So just by businesses becoming a part of the network, they are inherently a part of that ecosystem of social good. Mm-hmm. And as users use the app to pay for things at the business, we have a roundup feature that can be turned on to where if you pay for something and it's $19.73, right? 27 cents is going to be rounded up and given to the uh, social good part of it right. to then fund the digital bank account for that disadvantaged citizen to go to CVS or Walgreens and get what they need and become a part of that community again, if they want that. So again, it, it'll, it'll happen soon. I'll let you know. Um, I created an app that I'm getting ready to launch. Uh, so I'm not sharing the app yet as far as on the, on the app store, but I'm getting ready to launch it. And it is an app that allows you to basically call for help from your community when you are facing belligerent people, such as police officers or the Karens and the Kins, right? Like you can literally press a button and your top five contacts get a text message with your location. And then anyone with the app, even if they don't know you, gets notification saying, hey, someone needs help in the community. Can you show up and document and record? We don't need anybody to intervene but we just need people there. We need eyes there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on that. And uh, the next thing I'm working on the, I guess the final thing that I'm working on right now is something called race the block.com. And if, I mean, I feel like it's a thing from eighties babies, but I used to race in the street all the time. Like that, that used to be a thing for me and a lot of my friends, like let's go race in the street or let's, you know, street races. So this racetheblock.com is an organization that I'm, I'm starting to kind of bring the community together, put money in the local organizations and businesses. So you bring out, you, you, you shut down a block, right? You shut down a city block, you bring out the street vendors, you bring out the local businesses, get a DJ there, food, whatever. Okay. And the main attraction is the street races, you know, middle school, high school, anyone outside of that, get the organizations involved, get, get businesses involved like Adidas, and, and come through and you have bragging rights for that month that you won the street races, mm-hmm. you know, down, 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 in, down in Queens, right up in Queens. So like, I, I feel like that would be such a positive thing for the community. And it also reinvigorates the, our communities, so to speak. 
Uh, so I'm working on that as well. And anyone who's listening, if you are wanting to partner or if you know someone that would make a great partner for this, uh, please hit me up. But um, it's racetheblock.com. Right now, you can just add your email and you'll be notified uh, when we launch. So it's like a block party, but with yeah. more structured events. and like, yeah. uh, Well, the, a lot of them have sponsorships. I actually know somebody that would... Um, I got somebody for you. My cousin Rochelle. Yeah, man. It, it would just be like so fun. If somebody came up to me right now in this parking lot, I was like, yo, <laughs> where you want me? Tell me where you want me. <laughs> you know, I'll be down. I'm too competitive. I don't, I am a trash sports. I, my sportsmanship is trash. I, I don't, I do not bet on anything. I know I'm not going to win because I don't like losing. Additionally, yeah. I am more the cheerleader. Go team, go! I'll pick a That's side fair. and then right. just turn up. That's my everybody, thing. Everybody has a role. Yeah, because I, I just I'm not run. I don't, I don't. So, what are your stats? Did you run track in junior high and high school? How do I know these things? If I don't know you, this is not a position that I want to put myself in. Yeah, you know? it's a gamble. It's a gamble. Not for me. Yeah. So, where can yeah. the people find you? Sure, you can follow me on Instagram. So the truck is at tiny home truck and the YouTube channel is if you search for the tiny home truck, or you can go to T H T Y T.com, which is tiny home truck, YouTube.com. And um, you can follow my personal account at Mr. Dabney on Instagram. That is M R D A B N E Y. And uh, yeah, I mean, my book is, you can visit finding one, the book.com or just search for finding one on Amazon. And it will come up. And I would love to, you know, gift some of your listeners um, or viewers some books. I can I can send some your way. That uh, would be sure. great. Thank you. Because yeah. I was going to buy my copy because I'm a yeah. intro speaker. No, I appreciate it. Come I appreciate person. it. So, Vaughn, thank you for joining me. Um, you I, y'all, I should really have like a, because I do the whole salutations and shit in the beginning. I don't have an ending thing. But I, I, you know what? I'm a beginner. I guess that's it. I don't have a signing off phrase or nothing, but bye. You know what I mean? So I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, all the links that I've uh, described are absolutely going to be in the description below. Um, I hope y'all actually pay attention to that because I also still have all of those resources that I listed back when I spoke to um, Angelo Pinto about how you can effectuate change in our community. Um, So until freedom is listed there and a list of other resources that uh, support black communities and the work that uh, black lives matter and a lot of other organizations are continuing to do on our behalf, because that's what it's for. Uh, What else was it? That's still in there. Absolutely links to, um, Everything, y'all. Merch. I try to make it easy. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't. I'm a very easeful person. I find the way that's easiest for me. So I try to do the same thing for you. And if you know any ways that I can absolutely make things easier for you, let the kid know. So Vaughn, thank you for joining me. Much appreciated having you here. Thank you for sharing of your space and your life with us. And y'all, thanks for showing up. If you're new, welcome. Hope to see y'all motherfuckers next week too. Bye.